1: Thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show highlighting issues around homelessness. Uh, my name's Bill, and for the next hour my guests will be talking about alcoholism the family disease. So I'd like to welcome um, Kathy, Marie and Mary to the 3CR studio this afternoon. Holly. Hi
2: Bill. Hi Bill. <laughs> Hi Bill. <laughs> um,
1: they are members of Aloran Family Groups, and they're going to share their experience of living with alcoholism and how Aloran Family Groups helps them. Um, so I might start with you, Mary. Um, you're probably the most recent Alarim member and can give us some fresh, uh, <laughs> fresh insights into um, how Alarim works. Um, so I understand you were in a relationship with an alcoholic for about four years. Do you want to tell us how it all began and progressed?
0: Sure. So um, I kind of noticed the red flags within about six weeks of being involved with this person. Um, And true to form, I ignored every single one of them because I was a bit enamoured. And, you know, when you're dating, you just, you kind of, you don't really think of those kind of things, you know, you don't assume that the person is an alcoholic. Um, And then when we started living together, um, because I don't drink alcohol or I very rarely do, um, him coming home with a six-pack virtually every night and not coming home on the weekends because he was somewhere drunk um it kind of made me feel really uncomfortable um and yeah it kind of got to the point of it's yeah it was affecting my health and just in terms of me having that facade of because i didn't tell anybody that i was you know in the relationship with an alcoholic i i kept that to myself because you know one i was you know, my pride was hurt. I thought that um, I didn't. I didn't want people to know that I was living in this, like, you know, dirty relationship. If that made sense, like, yeah. you know, it kind of felt a bit wrong. Um, so I kind of kept up this act of everything's fine, and nobody in my family knew. Um, and he was for most of the part a, a functioning alcoholic. And um, what right. I mean by them are, yeah, yeah, um <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, but when he was at home, and with me, it was a different story, and it would be a violent when he was drinking, so um, that kind of made me feel like I couldn't say anything because I was trapped in this kind of vortex of if I say something, then I might receive backlash from it, and yeah, so.
1: Mm. so uh, why did you stay do you you, that's always the question people get asked why do you stay in this sort of relationship so what what was the thing that bound you into that relationship
0: Um, it was kind of I took on the role of savior Ah. I thought that (laughs) I thought that you know by loving the person more than what they'd had in the past would change their behavior. I guess it was because my understanding of the alcohol, I didn't really have an understanding of what his triggers were, as you know. So I thought, find out what the issue is, heal that, and then he'd be fine, you know. Yep. And, you know, we went and through this emotional journey, you know. I guess he had a few um, fami- family problems, so I thought by fixing that, then I could fix his alcoholism and he wouldn't need to drink and everything would be sunshine and rainbows and it wasn't. <laughs> didn't,
1: so, didn't happen. No. 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 Okay. Um, so I'll swap to Cathy. Um, Cathy's um, been in Alan a while and you you lived with an alcoholic husband, didn't you? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I did, yeah. I didn't know I was alcoholic, though. I'd never heard of alcoholic, that term, because I thought alcoholic was brown paper bag on the street so that wouldn't have related to me no I'd married a man who I didn't see drinking before we got married I just saw a little bit there but I didn't understand it because I didn't grow up with it but we're in a two-hour marriage and um I noticed he wasn't coming home he'd worked through the day good worker hard worker but he was in the pub so that's where he did he went into the pub and uh, drank over night time and I by then I had two children and I'm thinking, why isn't he coming home? Why doesn't he come home? And I, um yeah, I used to ask him, why don't you come home? And he said, well, I work hard, I deserve to drink. It shouldn't be an issue, you know, like you've got your thing to do. I've got mine, I work hard, you know. Then it was like, please come home. I've got two children. By then I had three then four. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still drinking in the pub, so there's nothing... Um, that would have altered that. I tried everything, but nothing tried would bring him home. so by then I started to think maybe I'd fail somehow. What do I do to bring husband home? My father always come home for nine. Why doesn't my husband come home? And the neighbors I had their husbands come home, but mine didn't. So I started to think that maybe there was something up with me.
1: Mm. That's often the case, isn't it? Mm. If you're, you're the one who is doing nothing, apparently nothing wrong, and you feel guilty I did. for someone else's behaviour.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought I wasn't enough. Something was missing here, and I didn't know how to do it. So part of that journey was not saying anything, telling anybody, pretending everything was normal, mm. and it wasn't normal because there was nobody around me that husband went into the pub. It was just me, so I thought it was me. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing. Denial is, is sort of two-part. The alcoholic denies they've got a problem with drink and then we deny to the world that there's anything wrong at home and so no wonder we can never get help in real terms because it's all this, you know, facade. You know, we're presenting this facade to the world, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. Um, and did you you continue to live with your alcoholic, even though he was drinking, with your husband, even though he was drinking? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah.
2: I did. Um, because he worked all day, it's not like there was violence or anything. It was just an un- unhappy... Well, I was unhappy.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and But I, I went home a few times to my parents and uh, then go back again and we, we moved and thought that would move, change. And come home, we lived out on a farm. No, that didn't work. So I just thought, oh, well, this is this is how it is. Yeah, this is marriage. This is marriage, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to make a big thing of it. I was just very... I started to get very unhappy and it was very lonely. That's how I felt, very lonely. So, yeah, and this just continued on for 15 years. Wow, yeah. 15 years in that marriage and just pretending and bringing up my kids and... But it wasn't till my oldest son, by then was 15, and he started drinking... Well, by then, it was like wow, i 'm not doing too well here <laughs> again <laughs> no. back on me yeah. i f- 'm I'm failing I'm failing as a mother here, and i 'm failing as a wife and that's with the arguments with the husband you know with my husband, our son's drinking too, and he says, "Well, deal with it you 're home all day
1: yeah your problem it yeah. was mm. your, it's my yeah.
2: problem, mm. and uh, I said, but i don 't know what to do. he said, well, you'll figure it out." <laughs> And uh, so I never did figure it out, but it was a different. My son's drinking was completely different to his dad's. My son's drinking really was rapid. It came on in very quickly, and to the point he could barely get out of bed.
1: Mm. How old was he at this stage?
2: About fifteen. Well, yeah, yeah sixteen. Yeah. Could barely. He would drink away from the home and not come home mm. because he was. He knew there'd be, you know, an issue with, you know, facing me. And then his dad drinking, uh, he stayed away, and he drank with his mates, and it was the same culture as his dad they get they're in that culture of dad's drinking with his mates, yep. and then sons drink gathering friends, and he'd just gravitate to the ones that are drinking because he could relate to the mates, yeah
1: yeah so he was a blackout drinker yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes yeah. I think yeah the earlier people start to drink, the more likely they are to be to develop alcoholism. Oh. And often the more likely they are to have blackouts from their first drink. Oh. Is, yeah, so it's amazing, yeah. Okay, um, Marie. Yeah, um, hi Bill. <laughs> you're, you're still living with an alcoholic, aren't I you? I am, yes. yes,
3: after many, many years and <laughs> having a large family. with, um, yeah, uh, the, um, the alcoholism in my case, well, the problem drinking, <laughs> um, didn't develop for a long time. Um, Uh, and like Kathy my husband um, said to me when I challenged him one day well you know I work hard I deserve to have a drink at night he's a functioning well alcoholic or problem drinker if you like Um, I remember feeling like a fake because in my case there was no physical violence it was mental and emotional Mm. and it was um, you know withholding affection and that kind of thing Mm. Um, so yeah a lot of manipulation was going on and I really didn't have the skill to be able, all the confidence before Eleanor to challenge that or to, to know that I had the right to speak up and to know that I, you know, had the right to be treated with respect as an equal. Um, I grew up believing that it was my duty, you know, to sort of give way to my husband and so I was like the trailing spouse and he had a very big career and I followed him over. We lived overseas twice and I, you know... Um, it was pretty challenging on the children too because we pulled them out of schools all over the place through their teenage years and, you know, um, it was very challenging, especially for the older boy because he was 14, 15, about the age of Cathy's oldest when he was, We, you know, the second time. We lived in the States for nearly three years um, and it was huge for them. I mean, there was a lot of positives about it too, not saying it was all negative, but but before Al-Anon, I was very negative about and very full of, you know, self-pity about hadn't I done, made all the sacrifices. I used to <laughs> I used to try and debrief with my poor mother and one day she said to me, Marie, you're so negative. And I, that was a wake-up call. You know, I didn't know that I was really affected by his drinking or that I needed help. Mm-hmm. It was like many people who first come to Al-Anon, it was all about how to get them sober. You know, the focus was always... And is always usually on, on the drinker and how to they how to get them to change and
1: how to control them. How to
3: control them really, control them, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. And look at me, look at me, you know, give me your attention. But I realise in Al that no one person can make me happy all the time, you know. No. So, you know, over the time I've been involved I've really begun to mature and to detach from my husband. Um to start to live my own life um you know and and really um the person i was when i first came to my first meeting full of bitterness and anger and why doesn't he change i've now begun to see that by you know working um taking up the suggestions that alanon has told me through the members listening um to the members uh, identifying as cat said um that um I can have more compassion for him now. Mm, yeah. he's, he's struggling. He's really struggling.
1: Yeah. yeah, once you understand the alcoholic is yeah. ill, yes. that it's a disease, yes. it's a lot easier to have compassion mm. for somebody who's sick mm. rather than somebody who's willful. Exactly.
3: Oh. Yeah. And that that has taken me quite a while to come to, mm. that understanding. Um, but it's very freeing once I can make the distinction. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a... Huge number of things that I've learnt since I came into the program. But um, it was a challenge because, like many people, I didn't want to admit it. You know, the shame and denial. My grandfather was a raging alcoholic, so my father was full of denial and, and all the negative. He didn't have the opportunity like I have for uh, to take up this wonderful program and to get well. You know, um, he was a very angry man, my dad. And so we grew up with a very strict um, regime of obedience and, and discipline and all that kind of thing. And so, you know, I couldn't really ever challenge him or question things or, you know, so I was pretty oppressed. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, especially as a teenager, yeah. you know, so anyway.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a lot about control in families. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think people... You, you sort of shut down to a large degree mm-hmm. and you that's voluntarily right. shut down as well mm-hmm. and i think that's part mm-hmm. of the problem mm-hmm. so when mary how did you find the control that existed inside your relationship you were trying to control the alcoholics drinking but was the alcoholic trying to control your behavior
0: oh absolutely and i realized um after going to Al Anon a few times that I realized just how controlling I was because he was so out of control and I was trying to compartmentalize every other aspect of my life. And so I thought by controlling his drinking or saying, okay, maybe just have a couple of drinks that it would be kind of like a reward, you know, instead of having the six pack, oh, okay, you can have two, (laughs) two, two beers. Um, But nothing really seemed to, to work. And I realized I needed to let go of the control and, I don't know, just give in to that. that, I I mean, my relationship ended and that's when I started going to Al-Anon. So a little bit on the flip side, a bit different than than the other two ladies um, because I had gotten to the point where I know that it wasn't healthy for me to stay in the relationship. So I ended it and then I thought, I mean, we had gone to... AA meetings together um but I had never I thought oh that's all well and good he's getting the support he needs and of course he you know he broke sobriety time and time again but I thought where's my support I mean I I never told a soul like you know family and friends I didn't tell anybody that I was living this like secret agent double life you know (laughs) and because i i was so ashamed you know i didn't want people to to know what i was going through so i had this facade of everything's fine um but after going to aa with him i just thought well where's my support because i feel so drained of of living with this alcoholic and i'm not getting the support he is but i'm not and after going to Al-Anon, it just really gave me back. Um, it taught me a lesson in terms of where I was controlling and where I was trying to be the saviour and that I didn't need to be, that just give into, give it back into, um, I don't know, let, let go. Let, let go, go. Yeah. Yeah. and just acknowledge that it is a disease and you can't control it.
1: <laughs> yep, that's right. That's the thing, once you understand a bit about the disease of alcoholism and how it works and how it needs people involved with the alcoholic, otherwise it can't continue to function. Yeah, Mm. that's really important. Welcome back to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on your digital digital radio. I'm pleased to be able to advise you that now we're podcasting our shows and the last five episodes are available on the Living Free webpage which is 3cr.org.au forward slash living free, and also on iTunes. I'll be podcasting each new show and progressively including our earlier shows as times permit. You can also contact us on 3crlivingfree at gmail.com if you want to ask a question or comment on the show. Cathy, um, what sort of things has Alanon helped you with?
2: Oh. Alanon Alanon's just been so good for me. Um, it's helped me so much understand what I was living with. As you said, the family disease. I had no clue I was living with a disease I thought was well, you just stop drinking if you wanted to. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just just
2: do yeah, it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Um, because we're we're sinking here as a family. Just, you know, step up and I said to my husband, just be a man and stop drinking, we've got a son drinking. It was on, it was arguments. and um, So how Al-Anon helped me was the identification when I come into Al-Anon. Um, they suggested that I just come and listen, come for a six minutes just to see if it's for me. And I so didn't want it for me to be for me <laughs> because I thought I can't come here and speak. No, mm-hmm. I need someone to come and advise me what to do if you tell me what to do I'll do it but they didn't. So no one advised me in Al-Anon. They suggested I just sit and listen for a while and I did and I'm so grateful they didn't ask me to speak because I didn't know what I was talking about. I'm very confused by now and I couldn't put it into words you know how I was feeling and and I, I really felt by then that I'd failed. My biggest thing was failure. And um, so when the women were speaking about their husbands drinking, I'm going, oh, my gosh, that's me. Yeah, that's me. And um, so, they, yeah, they just... um, They were talking about alcoholism. I'm going, no, that couldn't be my family. I've never heard of that. So, yeah, it was the identification that really helped me and they just suggested that I just take some literature home and that literature really helped me because they were talking about the merry-go-round of blaming denial as you said but i don't get that but anyhow I, and freedom from despair was a great one for me this all come later it didn't come straight away because I didn't want to read it at first and um, they just said look just go home and just take it, just take it easy and take one day at a time because I'm projecting whether I should leave, stay. What do I do? <laughs> so they just said, don't make any decisions. Just keep coming back, and and uh, things will fall into place. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Thank you, um, Marie. Um, what What's it like coming into Alanon and realizing that it's not your fault?
3: Oh. Oh well, when I heard about the three C's, you know, that I didn't cause it, I can't control it, and I can't cure it. That was a huge relief off my shoulders. But I was still very confused when I first came in. It took me, In fact, it took me a couple of years. The first time I went and I saw, you know, banners on the wall and a lot of words, I was just, you know, so confused by all that. But um, the thing that really struck me was the welcome that I received, you know, the love and the warmth, the atmosphere of serenity. Um, you know, it, it was just... Wonderful Um, and so different when I heard the honesty in the rooms, people talking about their problems, and some many much worse than mine. I thought, Um, but like Cathy, I could identify with a lot of the stories. Um, But I was blown away by the honesty, really. I'd never heard that because in my family, you know, it was all swept under the carpet, you know, the denial. Yeah, nobody nobody admitted anything. Nobody admitted it. It was like. Like um Mary was saying, you know, looking good on the outside, yeah, but um you know all this all these family secrets that we were never allowed to talk about, so coming into Elon was a huge um, gave me a huge sense of relief, freedom and um, and I just felt really um oh well, you know, loved, if you like, well cared for, you know you mean you mean to tell me that you're actually going to listen to me? You're offering me a cup of tea and you don't know me from a bar of soap, you know, like, what's going on here? I just didn't expect it. And then a lovely member afterwards saying, just give him another six months, you know, don't make any big decisions, as Cathy said, straight away. And give yourself time to kind of absorb it and take it slowly, take it easy. You know, um, easy does it is one of the um, slogans we talk about in al Take it easy. Don't jump to any. Because I was a great, um, grew up, you know, making any decisions. I was very impulsive, a bit like my mother. Um, There was a problem, right? Here's the solution. Don't stop and think about it for a while. You know, let's get this worry off our minds quick, you know, instead of taking time to think about something. And, I mean, I'd been married for many years before I came into El anon I didn't come in till my late 50s. I was determined, you know, the oldest of a large family, and I could beat this thing. (laughs) Being strong and independent, you know, I was taught, um, don't share any problems with anybody, you know, battle through, push through on your own. Um, So, you know, when I went into Al-Anon, I felt that real nurture, sense of nurture. People were really treating me well, and I'd missed that. You know, I hadn't had it as a kid because I had a lot of responsibility as the oldest of six and expectations on me. And then as a wife, I had, you know, children straight away. I had six children, one after the other. So, you know, I was always putting myself second. And uh, to know that, you know, I could treat myself better and learn that was a great thing, great Mm -hmm. blessing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the other one is to respect, uh, just people respecting you enough to let you just so mm. give your story however you can at the time, mm. not expect you to be to recover quickly and mm. magically solve all your problems, mm. but to be able to work through them mm. and um, yeah I, I think mm. that 's the thing just and mm. and I think once people respect you it 's a lot easier to sort of respect other people and to let them recover at their rate Absolutely. and I think that helped me with my dad as well that mm. respecting that he's he 's an alcoholic he 's a sick person, mm. so i't you know he can 't do things mm. that I can do. Mm. And once I did that, I took the pressure off, off my relationship with him mm. and I, I could treat him as an equal
2: mm, instead right. of being competitive and, yeah.
1: or angry and mm, <laughs> you mm. know, undermining, which mm. was really, you know, that's the other part of alcoholism mm. is that you get so angry and cross with them that mm. you do things that you regret mm. later. That's right. Yeah.
3: I, I have been very angry and resentful with my husband um, and you mentioned about competition that was, that's been one of the big things for us in our marriage. And, you know, we were, it was like child calling to child when we were first married. We are only 21. Um, but um, when I heard in a meeting about letting go of the rope, a longtime member said, if you let go of the rope, well, you know, there's no competition anymore. And I also heard, if I can say, where the tension is mounting between us, if I can just sort of remember to say, well, you may be right...
1: Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not agreeing. You're not disagreeing. You may dis- be right. <laughs> yeah,
3: right, and we can agree to disagree. Or you know, being having differences of opinion doesn't mean there's any blame or right or wrong. We're not. just different. We've got different approaches. Mm, that's you right. know, yeah. so those those are a couple of things that have helped me. Yep.
1: Yeah. Thank you, um, Kathy. Um, so you're, you were talking earlier about your son, mm. and I think he was 15 or 16 when he, his drinking started to become a problem to you. Mm. Um, so how did that progress? Did you eventually find help?
2: I did. It progressed to a point where I thought I could maybe lose this boy because he, one of his mates had died while they'd been drinking, and he drowned.
1: Oh. He yeah. drowned,
2: yeah. and the news came out, you know, the... Um, wanting to know what's going on, who sold them the liquor underage at that time, and it was horrendous. And I knew then this boy had drowned. I'm wondering if it could be mine next. Yeah. So um, that was very serious, and I thought we need. I need to do something. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, what happened for me is when I knew I needed help, I, I was getting sicker. It was me. I was getting really sick that I... I looked in the phone uh, directory, and I just looked up. And of course, now it's different. You can just go online. But um, I saw AA, and I thought. Mm. Then I saw Alateen, and I go, "Oh, that could be for teenage drinkers." Yes. <laughs> and I'm going, "Wow!" And of course, it wasn't. It directed me straight to Al-Anon, and the lady at the other end was so wonderful, and she just said, "You're the one that needs help." I said, "But I don't drink," and they said, "No." but you're the one that's affected by it, you'll help uh, cope yeah, with your maybe your mm. son, your husband's drinking. So I suggest you get to Al-Anon ASAP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. And I did. I, at that, by that time, I'm thinking I have to really listen here because we're all sinking. Mm. So
1: did your son go to AA at that point?
2: No, four years after that, Al-Anon helped me how to deal with that his drinking my husband's it wasn't it was a problem but my son's I was very concerned so they suggested if I keep listening and not doing what I was doing it's the opposite to what I was doing and that's looking for him telling him you can't drink you can't come home when you're drinking it was all control and fear based and they just suggested your son's very ill at the moment he's very sick and uh, you need to um just focus on you if you can for a while um And so they just said change. My attitude was needed changing, how I approached him. So they say change attitudes aids recovery. So I learnt to get me well first. I couldn't get him well, but I got me well. That took uh, some time, and he hit his bottom. Within four years, he's saying, I need help, Mum. And I said, yes, you do. So we had by then kind of a bit of a relationship happening because he wasn't afraid of me. I wasn't afraid of the disease, the sickness by then. Mm. I got some confidence, courage, and talking to other members just to keep going, Kathy, with what you need to do for you. Yep. And if your son follows you, gets what help, that's fine. If he doesn't, there's nothing you can do. So he decided it's too much for me. So he found his way into AA. I think he was only 19, 20. Yeah, And I continued on with Al-Anon, and they do say that take your eyes off and leave him to the AA members, don't go there, and you just stay very close to the Al-Anon members and you just continue on, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what we did.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, <clears throat> that really, I guess, highlights the fact that we can't, um, we can't pander to the alcoholic. No. Because that only enables them to drink. Enables it sort of keeps them in the same situation that they don't face the effects of their drinking, and um, and so they don't realise it's it's a problem to them. Mm. My dad's drinking wasn't a problem to him; it was a problem to us. Mm. But mum used to do everything for him, and so he just sort of went to work, Mm. came home, drank, caused problems, you know, and then the cycle repeated on a daily Mm -hmm. repeat basis. And that's really the I guess the issue that if a mum wouldn't come to Alaron because she She didn't want to talk to other people about her problems, and this was part of the you know she'd been brought up like that that you don't you don't oh, share things about your family outside the family mm-hmm. but she didn't understand that in Al-Anon we're not gossiping we're, we're telling our story, mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing that the, that being able to tell your story helps you get it into perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: and helps other people understand you know the differences and how how insidious the the disease is Mm. in families, yeah. Mm. Uh, You're listening to Living Free on 3CR, on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Um,
3: Marie, you want to give a couple of shout-outs. Do you want to do that? Thank you, Bill. Yes, just a quick quick couple of Cheerios. One is to um, Alex and Jim, we were just listening to in Adelaide, and the other one is a special Cheerio to... um, a member in Hobart, um, and her name is Ta- uh, her name is Barb, having a really rough time at the moment. So I just wanted to say a hi to her. Okay. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Um, so we're we're talking about the impact of alcoholism, the family disease, um, on families, and um, I've got in the studio with me Marie, Kathy, and Mary. Um, so. Finding Allon meant that things could change in our lives, um, but it doesn 't mean that the problem 's gone away. We still have to deal with it. We still have to deal with the impact of it. so Mary, do you want to share some of the sorts of things that you know you feel on a day to day basis? Um, you know you 're coming to aon, but you 've still got issues
0: Oh absolutely I think um, i I was under no um, illusion that even though my relationship had ended um, that I still had a lot of inner work to do on myself because um, even though we were no longer seeing each other I had still all of these control issues um, and about my boundaries and you know getting involved in in another relationship am I going to be attracting the same kind of people am I going to make the same mistakes or you know um the word detachment comes up in meetings and hope um and for me it was like you know it sounds so cliche but they are like such powerful things to to be able to to sit back and reflect on there is hope um for a better day, one day at a time, and detaching from the situation, uh, not being so enmeshed in it. Um, And I do still have a few triggers. Um, Like if I am seated in public transport and there's somebody that is intoxicated and smells like stale beer and smoke, I have a trigger and I feel back in that kind of a bit... I feel scared because I just think, oh, that kind of takes me back instantly to, to my ex and the mood he would be bringing in. And I just, yeah, I have to think, okay, I'm safe. Nothing's going to happen to me. And when I feel a bit overwhelmed, I just think, okay, I can just go to a meeting and share my story. And I'm going to be in the company of people who know exactly how I'm feeling. So, yeah. Yeah it's great. (laughs) That's good.
1: So I I think the other thing you were mentioning before was the fact that you're now more accountable yourself, um, instead of acting through another person, you're now yourself.
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, I played the role of the savior and now I realize that by doing that, I enabled his behavior or I prolonged his behavior. And I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't allowing him to step up or, you know, I allowed him, I enabled his behaviour by saying you can't fix yourself until I fix you, until I give you the help to take you to AA or things like that. So it really, the detachment uh, from the situation has really given me um, a lot of perspective in, in how, um, how I am as an individual and to kind of break free from those patterns that I projected onto another person as well, so yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's around, one of the things that I found was blaming others, that I had an excuse for everything, all my behaviour was excused and everybody else was blamed mm. and, uh, <laughs> and it's it's what happens if you, you know, if you grow up in an alcoholic situation or if you live in an alcoholic situation, there's so much blame flying around that it's just part of the cycle that you just blame everybody else and Mm. it's very destructive Mm. Um, so Kathy once you got into Al-Anon and started getting a bit of recovery and your son started in AA so how did things improve in your life
2: enormously because in the four years of Al-Anon I'm working on myself and we're talking about detachment it was the emotional detachment I had to deal with I didn't want to leave my family or my husband or my kids I didn't want to do that we had a home um, so it was the emotional detachment so when I started to get well doing more meetings um, listening learning um, talking to others my confidence started to come up because they say in an alcoholic home you lose your self-esteem Mm-hmm. nobody has any self-esteem my husband didn't I. none of us had self-esteem and you're talking about blame and denial that's all my husband and I did you know I blamed him for everything and denied there was anything wrong with me and then he blamed me and he denied anything was wrong with him and the sad part about that is our four kids were on that merry-go-round with us and that's all they learned so they say if it takes one person to get off that merry-go-round then there's there's a chance yeah. And then I realised that was me. I was called to get off that merry-go-round and start doing the work. And uh, I changed. I started to get much better in myself, happier in myself. I left my husband to do what he wanted to do. He worked. He was okay. He want to go to the pub. That's fine. You go to a meeting.
3: Yeah.
2: My son was starting to do meetings. I let him do what his own thing. And sometimes we'd come in at the same time. He'd gone to his meeting and I'd say, son, how are you doing? Good, mum. Good. And I'd say, well done. And he'd say, how was your meeting? And i said, really good. And it felt like mother and son were kind of growing together. <laughs> I'm not this mum that thought had to be, have everything, you know, telling them what to do. It was like, well done. So there was an atmosphere in our home that really changed. And it was great because my daughter was only four at the time and I went mm-hmm. in and she was very nerve worried, you know, what was going to happen. I had two other sons too. So there was a big change happening for the better. Yep, yeah. that's
1: good. Um, so, Marie, what about you? How did your family react when you came to Aloran? Um
3: <clears throat> Well, at first, Bill, my husband hated the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a couple of night meetings with a f- girlfriend and... Um, I came home and he was very angry, verbally abusive, and, you know, told me I was betraying the marriage and all this kind of thing. Um, and I I was very intimidated by that, of course. And that's how my dad used to be. If he got angry, I'd be get a whack, you know, as a child. Well, my husband wasn't physically violent, but it was the verbal stuff. So I put Alan on a side for a couple of years, but, of course... The marriage wasn't getting any better. So when things got really bad, I rang AA and they said, you need al on. And my work had changed and so I had um, was able to get to a Monday. wonderful The wonderful members at Mooney Ponds. Mm. And um, I've been there ever since. And uh, I actually attend two meetings a week. I, I function better on two meetings a week because my husband is still actively drinking. But um, one of the things that I've noticed over time, and it has taken quite a long time, is that um, the atmosphere in our home has become more positive. And that's because we say in Al-Anon about let it begin with me um, and I'd let it begin with me by deciding that I needed Al-Anon. I explained to my husband that it wasn't about him really. It was about me. This was a program for me and helping me to um, improve and... um, you know, I just loved it and um uh and and when I explained that to him, you know he accepted that, and he um was quite happy for me to go and do meetings. He changed his attitude, which was really a bit of a miracle from his first reaction. I think he was afraid, and I was quite fearful too when I first went to Elon because I didn't really know what to expect, but um over time, the atmosphere and we empty nesters now, but the atmosphere has Change from negative to positive, and if he flies off the handle or gets frustrated or something, I tell myself that that's his feelings, and I don't have to get caught up into it. I used to, you know, it was like a roller coaster. If he was up, I was up. If he was down, I was down. It was very codependent. But I've began to I began to I began to detach and um, start to live my own life, um, and he was quite happy actually for me to do that because he. <laughs> He could do his own thing and so could I. Um, and one of the slogans is live and let live, and I like mm. that because I'm given the freedom to make my own decisions and live my own life. And so is he. You know, I've heard it said that we each have our own higher power and, um, you know, I've changed in, in my attitude to my higher power since I became, came to al and see it more as unconditional love. So because of the example and the wonderful... Reception, welcome, and so on—that I got when I first came. So, mm. I would recommend it to anybody who's struggling with drinking, or grew up with it, or like me is a grandchild of an alcoholic. Because I, I would never have dreamt of speaking on radio before, but al has given me the confidence to do that, and I believe it so strongly. The power of this program is amazing. I've, mm. never, I've never seen or been heard of anything like it. Mm. Yeah, yeah I think
1: it also helps us to um become a bit more open and honest with ourselves mm. you know by telling other people about what happened mm. we can get our own story into perspective mm. and accept where we are mm. instead mm. of denying where we are because if we don't really okay. know where we are we don't know where to start from that's to right. recover yeah. and I, yeah. I think that's 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 pretty sad mm. but um yeah so Mary would you like to what would you say to somebody who is living with an alcoholic who's thinking about they should do something. What would you...
0: Go to a meeting. Go. <laughs> it's, for me, it was a game changer. And all of these things that we're saying probably sound so clichéd, um, but there's a reason why it's been around for so long, because it works. It really does. Like, I've not only survived, I'm thriving. I've been there yeah. for for 10 months and yeah. I'm, I'm so different from the person I was last year um just in terms of my energy my my outlook um even my dog like i i don't have any children <laughs> but my dog you know in that relationship like i think pets pick up on on the the attitudes of of alcoholism because they will come home in a rage or et cetera. and my dog was you know always very flighty um, been around my ex partner, and now she's just, you know, her whole attitude has changed because there's there's none of that upheaval and things like that. So, it's not only reflected in my life and how how I'm thriving. You know, I can see that in my pet's life too. So, um, yeah, just go to a meeting. It is scary. Don't you know? I don't. I don't kind of have any illusions as to, you know, sharing your story is very painful and, you know, can be very tough for some people to expose themselves, especially if you're, you've kind of kept that hidden for so long. But, um, you know, you can rip off the Band-Aid slowly or you can, you know, do it fast, but you have wonderful, awesome people supporting you every day. Every meeting, so yeah, go to one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> thank you, um, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Would you like to say anything as well? Like to people who have children who are drinking and they're mm. concerned, is mm. what's when? When does your concern turn to action? You know, with an alcohol with a with a child that you think is drinking alcoholically.
2: Yeah, when they. Um they're not listening. They don't want to be part of the family. They want to get out and drink with their mates, just like my son with his dad. They're just looking for an out. They're uncomfortable around somebody like Mum, you know, who wanted them to stop drinking. So, um, yeah, yeah, my son was very uncomfortable drinking at home, so he would go out, you know, looking for with his mates, drinking. So, yeah...
1: Yeah, so you're more saying don't try and control it.
2: Oh, no, yeah. I did that. Um, I, I like what it says in Al-Anon, you know, you didn't cause it and you can't control it and and you can't um, cure. Cure. cure it. Yeah. Yeah. That was very inc- curing and I didn't cause it. I went, wow. The, that was a relief because my husband would say that to me. Yeah, if what are you, you doing did, wrong? Yeah. yeah, you're not measuring up here, yeah. you know. Mm. So I believed it, yeah. So, Mm. no, that was excellent, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think once you... When I had a better relationship with my father, um, we would talk about things. We wouldn't talk about anything that required a lot of depth because Mm. we couldn't do that. But Mm. we could talk like people meeting at a party. Mm. You know, we'd have that sort of level of... We weren't in conflict and, um, and that was really good. Before that, I was, well, it was tooth and nail. It was you know, <laughs> dreadful. Yeah. Um, and just having that ability to, to have a relationship with somebody that isn't controlling mm-hmm. and you're just mm-hmm. interested in their best interests mm-hmm. um, and really whatever yeah. they do is, is up to them. They've got to mm-hmm. take the consequences. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, how about you, Marie? Oh,
3: I'd just say, you know, <coughs> even though it's uh, like it could be frightening or a bit challenging... I would say go for it because we just don't know what blessings are awaiting us. Um, that's, you know, I didn't know anything about Al-Anon before I went, but I've learnt so much, you know, of a, a deeper love and compassion really for my husband when he says things like, his mother died this year not long ago, um, I'm doing the best I can. Um, and That was a wake-up call to me. I took the cotton wool out of my ears and started to listen to him because I'd been listened to by members in Al-Anon. Mm. And that's just only one thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, there's so many great things that I could say about Alanon, you know, and I'm still learning yeah. about them. <laughs> you know, it's an ongoing journey, really. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm not my husband's mother, like I tried to be, mother mm. of seven and yeah. not six. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, yeah, that wasn't appropriate. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I'm learning all the time. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, Bill.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, if you think Alaron could help you, then you can phone on 1300 252 666 or go online at alaron.org.au. That's all we've got time for today, so I'd like to thank Cathy, Marie and Mary for coming in today.
3: Thank you. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Pleasure.
1: Thank uh, and particularly for sharing their Alaron Family Group recovery experience with us. Um, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll be talking about recovery from gambling addiction and we'll be joined by a couple of members of Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, Thanks for listening to Living Free Program but stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio hosted by Kerry Lee and featuring black news, views, current affairs, music, sports, culture and the arts all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective.